You are Locked On Giants, your daily podcast on the New York Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Giants fans, a word from our sponsor, Nordic Track. Do you ever wish the gym could come to you? Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline, and strength trainers. Join high-energy streamed workouts in studios or exotic locations around the world anytime, day or night. Here is a special offer for Locked On Giants listeners. Get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on. Again, visit nordictrack.com slash locked on and use offer code locked on to save $75 off your purchase. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants. I'm Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, along with co-host Pat Trainer of Forbes, The Athletic, Inside Football, and a host of other places. We're coming to you today from outside the uh, Giants Quest Diagnostics Training Center after the fifth training camp practice. Patty, lots to talk about today. Yeah, we have five days in now, five practices in. Saw a lot of stuff, a lot to talk about, a lot of guys we've spoken to, so let's jump right into it. And actually, an interesting, we're actually in the same place for a change. Yes, we are. This is a, well, not a rarity, but, you know, it's an opportunity that we just, we couldn't pass up, so. So, uh, you know, we just saw the third straight fully padded practice we saw the first two fights of, uh, of training camp, so things got a little intense today. Yeah, and guess what? It didn't involve Will Hernandez. So if you had money on Will Hernandez being involved in, in the first fight of training camp, or even the second fight of training camp, bad news, you lose. First one was a scuffle between Olivier Vernon and uh, Wayne Gallman after a play in which uh, Gallman apparently didn't like Vernon, how he threw him down to the ground. And then there was a brief scuffle between, uh, I believe it was Jaron Jones and Chris Sokoloji. Is that how you say his name? However you pronounce it, that's that's <laughs> two guys down at the bottom of the roster, you know, fighting for jobs and decided to, to swing at each other while they were trying to do that. Just just an indication, kind of expected today, that intensity would, wrap, would, would ramp up. Tomorrow is a day off. Uh, so, kind of anticipated that, that the physicality would pick up today, and it did. There was a nine-on-seven period. There were obviously, you know, the, the two uh, the two scuffles. So, you know, just just another interesting day. And, and uh, as Pat Shermer said the other day, boys will be boys, and uh, and you move on. Absolutely. I mean, look, things are going to happen. You're going to have a few moments, but at the end of the day, they hug it out. They're teammates. They're brothers, and and they're all fighting the same ultimate goal, which is that Lombardi trophy. You know, Patty, it's interesting. We're five days in now. Basically, this is the first third of training camp is now complete. Believe it or not, I think there's only four more public practices in training camp, which just amazes me when I think back to the old days of, you know, when they were in Albany and they had two days and there were 30 public practices. It's just so quick and so limiting now. Um, you know, but we're we're already a third of the way through. Yeah, I mean, 
guys, when you're having fun, and certainly, you know, these, these camps, these practices have been fun to watch. Um, we're seeing different things, a lot of different people uh, getting us taste for what the, the coaches want to run. And, and uh, I've been impressed. I don't know about you. I have really enjoyed the first uh, the first few days of practice, Patty. I've thought that this is a really positive start for the Giants. I think you and I have both been uh, been impressed by the way that that you know new head coach Pat Shermer has run practice, a very well organized, you know, good pace to practices. You know, Pat has said you know throughout that he wants each and every practice to look like football. And the practices have both looked like and felt like football, you know, whereas in the past couple of years, I think we, we've both said there have been too many practices that, that didn't feel like football, that were glorified walkthroughs, that felt like like the objective was to to make sure nobody got hurt rather than to, to get ready for football. Yeah, you know, the CBA only allows so many practices uh, a year and so many padded practices per year. So, you really can't waste them, you know. There's a reason why I think the last few years the Giants have come out of the gate at the start of the regular season and have just looked flat. They just haven't looked ready. And we were told back then, oh, you know, give it some time. They'll get together. They'll get it together. Well, you know what? You're giving up in the process a couple of games, maybe two, three games, where you could have been a little sharper, maybe won a game if, if, you, know, if, if you start off slow. And you really can't afford that. You know, the Giants have a tough start to their schedule. They have to come out swinging. They have to come out with condition, and they have to come out as polished as possible. There's no, oh, we need another couple of of weeks of training camp to get ready. No, Patty, and that's why I like the fact that each practice, you know, has has been a real solid, you know, NFL-caliber football practice. Now let's you know let's talk a little bit about what we've actually seen. You know, one of the big things that everyone has been talking about has been really the, the competition at this point. We have a little airplane going over our heads here, folks. So if you lose us for a second, um, you know, the, the competition between the the offensive and defensive lines, and to this point, I think it's it's pretty obvious that you know if if this was a boxing match i think the uh, the defense would have won by knockout at this point uh, but uh you know i don't know if that's cause for concern with the offensive line or if we should just be thrilled about the way that the defense is buzzing around at this point i think it's a mixture of both and, and you know i agree with you the defense has been really really aggressive i mean Everything that, that uh, James Betcher has promised, you know, there's pressure coming from all angles, from all positions. You know, the, the edge rushers are having their way with the offensive tackles, not just, you know, the first team. We're seeing it right down the board. Um, but you know what? The defense, I think one of the reasons why defenses are generally more ahead of offenses is because offenses, they obviously know things like the snap count. They know the direction the play is going, what the play is. The defenses are, are reacting more so. And I just think much of guys who are enjoying this defense, who you know, are flying around, having fun. I've had several guys comment comment saying how uncomfortable this defense is, how they don't have to think as much as they have in the past. You don't have to think as much as you as they did in the past. You can fly around and diagnose a bit more play 
be right, Patty. It seems interesting that guys use the, the are talking about this being you know less complicated because it seems like the Giants are doing a lot of things. They're showing multiple fronts. They're showing you know three man fronts. They show four man fronts. We see twists and stunts. We see you know today we saw safety blitzes. Today we saw corner blitzes. We saw you know linebacker blitzes. We saw things come from up the middle. We saw things come around the edge. Uh, you know, at this point, uh, the, the Giants' quarterbacks might be able to identify what's going on. But at this point, you know, an offensive line that's rebuilt with guys that are getting to know each other, still figuring each other out. At this point, the offensive line is struggling to pick all of that up. And, and I don't know if you noticed it today, Patty, but you know, red jerseys are not supposed to hit the ground. And, and Kyle Loletta did hit the ground at one point, which which I don't know if it, it may have been his fault, but uh, but it was just sort of uh, emblematic of the pressure that the Giants quarterbacks have been under to actually see one of them hit the ground in a practice. Yeah, I know Pat Shermer said he doesn't want guys going on the ground. I, you know, it, it, that's football, unfortunately. It's going to happen. But, you, you know, you're right. The, the offense, to me, looks like it's still trying to get its footing. And I don't think it's because the offensive system is complicated. I don't think it's necessarily because they're still trying to grasp the language. I think what's happening is there's so many options here. And with, with any offensive play, for it to be perfectly executed, you need all 11 guys to do what they're supposed to do. And you're seeing breakdowns here and there. And that's why you practice now, to smooth those breakdowns out, get, get them out of your game, and just, you know, by the time you get on the for the regular season, now hopefully you've got all those wrinkles ironed out and you're able to function like a well-oiled machine. Hopefully we'll see that, Patty. You know, Pat Shermer did say the other day that, that you know, practice and training camp, that's the place to make mistakes because you can learn from mistakes. I think he actually said this morning, you know, that if you run the same play from the same alignment over and over and over and everybody does their job the right way, you know, then what's the point of practicing because nobody's getting better? So, you know. I, I'm not going to flip out over the things that, that we see with the offensive line at this point. You know, we'll flip out if we're seeing those kinds of things in week two, week three, you know, if the offensive line is, is unable to, to handle pass rush. But right now, you know, it's a process. It's training camp. It's practice. Uh, and, and from what I can see, the Giants at this point in time are getting an awful lot of good work. Yeah, and that's what's really important end of the day you know yes you're going to see some sloppy play here and there you're going to see some inconsistencies but again iron all that out now because you don't want to see some of these mistakes popping up against Jacksonville or Dallas or Houston or any of the teams that they're going to play this year so I, I like the approach Shermer is taking and one thing I have noticed that you know, I don't know if you picked this up at all but there's not been a lot of yelling from by the coaches you know remember in the past Coughlin you know, if something went wrong, Tom Coughlin would yell, what the bleep are you doing? You know, same thing with McAdoo. You know, I, I took notice of this the other day. Um, the offensive line, I think, lined up incorrectly. Or they, they weren't set. And um, I heard a coach yell out, whoa, 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 guys, come here, come here, come here. Instead of yelling, what, you know, what the bleep are you doing? You know, and, and it was just, it's just a, such a different approach. You know, we talk about Shermer and, Coaches brought the calmness he's brought to this team. You 
talks a lot about the term training as opposed to practicing. And it's such a subtle difference in definition. It means the same thing, kind of, but, it's, but there's a little difference. And when you practice, that means you kind of, you know, you're, you're mastering the skill. Whereas if you're training, you're learning something. You're, you're building on something. And I, I really like his use of that word and how he's, he's stressed that to the team. Because I think it just takes a little bit of the pressure off the players and allows them to realize that, hey, it's okay if I make a mistake. I'll get, I'll, you know, I'll get to play right on the next opportunity. You know, Patty, I have also really liked you know, Pat Shermer's approach thus far. I mean, let's not put him in Canton just yet as a head coach. You know, obviously, we have to see what happens on the field this year and, and, and for years to come. But it's so different around here this year than it has been the last couple of years. Players have noticed it. You talk to players, and they feel it. Um, I think that, you know, when you treat people with respect, when you treat people with a little bit of, of dignity, uh, you know, when you when you talk to people, uh, when you try to build relationships with people, it shows and it helps. Uh, and I just think there's, a, there's a, a better attitude and a better feeling around here right now uh, th- than there has been uh, for quite a while. Well, you know, coming off a 3-13 and 13 season, there's really nowhere to go but up. And, you know, I think everybody in the building is energized. I think everybody in the building is optimistic. Now, you know, what nobody is planning for and, and can certainly help turn the season astray is injuries. You know, there can be some unexpected surprises that nobody anticipated. But right now, optimism is running really high. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be here in East Rutherford. Buddy, it certainly is. I think that... Uh... Let's, let's try to hit two more topics quickly uh, before we call it a show. I think that, that uh, we would be really remiss, since we haven't done a show in a few days, we would be really remiss if we didn't spend a minute or two uh, talking about uh, General Manager Dave Gettleman and the fact that, that we got a chance to see Dave on Friday evening. He came out, uh, surprised us all by coming out after practice to speak with the media for a few minutes. Gettleman was himself, and it was great to see. He laughed, he joked, he he got a little bit emotional a few times. He, he told stories. He was very, very, very thankful to people. He, he talked a lot about setting your priorities straight in life. Um, I just, it was a very uplifting, very upbeat few minutes that we got to uh, to talk to Gettleman, who is battling lymphoma and is currently in remission, and and I just thought that uh, that it was a, a great uh, a great way for, for for me to go into the weekend anyway. I agree, Ed. You know, I know I'm a cancer survivor. I know you wrote about your battle cancer on, on Big Review, so we can kind of relate to what he's going through. But uh, you know. I've had people ask me on Twitter, oh, I'm concerned that he's not able to do his job. Life doesn't necessarily stop when you treatments. It's all about your attitude. It's all about your frame of mind. If you are determined to keep cancer to the curve and you're going to fight it with everything you've got, well, doggone it, why shouldn't you continue doing your job? Why shouldn't you continue you know, laughing and, and, and poking fun at yourself and, and just you know, being around people as, as your treatments? It. And I take my hat off to Dave Gettleman, you know, or, 
any cancer, you know, anybody who's fighting cancer, it's a tough battle. But those, you know, those who are able to, to see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, uh, those are the ones that, that really make the best of, it, of what's really a horrible situation. And I, I know I am really glad that Gettleman came out. I love listening to him. I love the, the Q&A and the banter and whatnot. Continue best wishes to him as he finishes up his, his treatments. I think he said he had three more, one of which is going to fall during the week they have to go to Detroit. So as he mentioned, he won't be able to make that trip. But, you know, here's hoping that, that his treatments continue uh, to, to be positive and uh, he makes a full recovery once he gets an opportunity to go back to care, get his immune system back in order, and just, you know, continue doing all the things that he's had Hey, let's close the show by talking about one more thing, something that, that Giants fans are always concerned about or always want to know about when, when you get into training camp. And that's, you know, maybe some of the, the guys who are, you know, surprising, some of the guys who are stepping forward in battles for, for roster spots. What I'll ask you to do, why don't you go first, give me one on the offensive side that's impressed you and one on the defensive side who's, who's impressed you at this point. And try not to step on the ones you know I'm going to go to. I was just going to say, <laughs> I was just going to say, I, like, I think I'm going to steal one of your guys. Um, all right, I'll, I'll try and leave your guy a little bit. Defensively, um, he, he's not really a surprise. We just kind of saw him during the camp uh, at the, the springtime. Um, Grant Haley, I think, is, is a guy who has a golden opportunity. Especially you know, with Sam Beal having gone on injured reserve with the shoulder surgery that he's going to need. This is an opportunity for Grant who they were very high on coming out of the draft. You know, he was an undrafted agent out of Penn State. I think he has a really good opportunity. He flies around. He looks like he's a natural. I've seen him stick with guys in coverage. He's not too grabby. Um, a lot of upside there. And I think you know, the bottom of the quarterback depth being wide open. He has a legitimate shot to make it. On offense, without going on and stepping on the guy, I don't think you're going to say. I'm going to go with the guy who I don't think is going to make the 53-man roster, but who is a guy that I think has a legitimate shot at the practice squad. And he's someone who has impressed me when I watch him in drills because he's just so quick and looks so polished with his technique. And that's center Evan. Now, the reason why I say he's probably not going to make the roster is because, you know, you've got John Graffio, you've got Brett uh, Jones, John Greco can play center. And, and uh, Evan Brown is a uh, undrafted free agent, I believe, out of the SMU. I think that's where he went to school. Um, he's got to learn how to play ball because, you know, the Giants like to their centers to play ball. So he's probably a year so away. But I really like what I've seen from him. Team, um, you know, and, and you got to think down the line. You got to say to yourself, okay, will the Giants retain Greg Jones after this year? Will they be, you know, are they going to stick with John Rabia as their center if he becomes the starting center? So I think you kind of have to look ahead a little bit to the future, and that's that's where you know training camp stars are born, and, and guys who you know, maybe aren't going to make the impact now, but maybe down the line they come up and they start to make the impact. I'm very curious to see him in the game. 
Patty, the two that I'm going to go to, one on offense, and I think you know where I'm going to go I because do. I've already written about this yes, young I man. Do. Amba Edatawo, wide receiver who had 94 catches for Syracuse in 2016, was on three different practice squads last season, including finishing up the year with the Giants. Amba Edatawo has been very impressive through the spring. Uh, got some first-team reps in mandatory minicamp. Has continued to shine through the first few days of, uh, of training camp. Uh, you know, the one cautionary note is I think that, that every single year it seems like we, we find a wide receiver to talk about at this time of the year. A few years ago, it was Marcus Sue Harris. Uh, then it was Corey Washington. Last year, it was Travis Rudolph. So, cautionary note. You know, let's not fall in love with Amba Edatawo. Let's not put him on the 53-man roster. Let's not hand him the third wide receiver job just yet. Let's just say that to this point, he's been very impressive. He, he, he's shown a little bit more polish maybe than, than, uh, than anticipated in, in some of his route running. He's actually shown the ability uh, a couple of times to go up in traffic get the ball across the middle of the field with his hands, which is a huge thing in traffic, not to catch the ball with your body, just to go up and fend off a defensive back and catch the ball with your hands. So for me, as uh, as Giants fans look forward to preseason games, you know, look for Amba Edatawo in the second half of some of these games. See if he can, can uh, make some plays and continue to make a roster push. On defense, this one I've gone back and forth on, and, and the name that I'm going to drop here, uh, Patty might actually hit me when I drop this name since we're sitting next to each other. This is a guy that uh, that both of us have talked to for actually incredible amounts of time. This is a, a guy who loves to talk, a um, guy who I actually knew really nothing about as a player or a person when he came to the Giants. I'm going to give you defensive tackle AJ Francis. And Patty's shaking her head at me and, and kind of chuckling like I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> oh, he, he walked up to Patty the other day and gave her the, the bow and the I'm not worthy. And I, I think I had a conversation with AJ Francis today, which may be the, the longest recording that I've ever put on my digital recorder. And you know, AJ Francis is a really, really interesting guy. Uh, has released a lot of mixed tracks, uh, you know, mixtapes, uh, you know, with his own rap music. Uh, actually is a big-time WWE wrestling fan. Uh, tried to be an Uber driver at one point in time a few years ago. Uh, just a really interesting guy. And, you know, but all of that aside, this guy is a six foot five, 337-pound man who has been an absolute force at the line of scrimmage, you know, in padded practices, in the backfield, you know, buzzing around, uh, encouraging his teammates. He's been a presence, uh, and I think he's a guy who could really help in the middle of that defense when we look at taking some of the pressure off Damon Harrison. Yeah, I mean, we saw, saw him do that in uh... – uh, the spring when Damon Harrison wasn't here, um, Francis stepped in there and, and he uh, he was able to uh, you know, 
full down the line. Uh, big guy, very enthusiastic, has a lot to prove, feels like he's got a chip on his shoulder. As you said, a tremendous, tremendous individual, um, loves to talk. I'm still transcribing my interview with him, which I think went over, I, I think it was a minute shy of what you did, um, but, but just so I enthusiastic. Win. Yeah, you win. <laughs> I mean, that's an extra minute you have to transcribe, Fred. That's um, right. Just a, a tremendous guy. You know, you mentioned he tried to be an Uber driver, and I just thought of something. Go to YouTube. I think there's actually a, a, a video with him and Olivier Vernon and the two were on the Dolphins. That because I remember seeing it now, you know, a while ago, and it's really funny. Check it out. He actually did his own little show and whatnot. So I think he, I, I'm going to go back and check it. But I, I, just a little FYI there. He's a very interesting guy, Patty. With that said, Giants fans, uh, you know, really good start to uh, to training camp and. Uh, Giants will be off tomorrow, which, uh, you know, for me, thank God for that, because after four nights in a hotel, I finally get to go home and sleep in my own bed for a couple of nights. Uh, But with that said, we will call it a show. Thank you, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye now.